Welcome back to another episode of Peace Off, the Ski Racers podcast brought to you by Fantasy Ski Racer and Technica Ski Boots and Blizzard Skis. In this episode, we're chit-chatting with Sam Duprat and Tanner Farrow discussing the idea of complacency in an athlete, using their own careers to reflect on that, and how they've discovered some recent successes at the World Cup level. So, without further ado... Okay, it feels like it's taken a better half of a decade to get a hold of these guys, and lo and behold, they are in my breakfast nook. We're in we, it. we got Tanner Farrow, <laughs> Tanner Farrow, and Sam Duprat, who uh, may or may not have just scored his first World Cup points in uh, Kitzbühel, so that's not a bad spot to break your cherry. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Definitely uh, got a lot of hype out of that one, so... Glad I could do it on the big stage right off the bat. Yeah, man, I got had to have uh, taken a lot of guts to just like sack up and throw one down. Yeah, in those conditions especially. <laughs> yeah, it definitely helps with the Europa Cup before. Tanner and I did the Europa Cup downhill before, which got us on the surface, and otherwise there was no chance I would have done well. But oh yeah, good point. Um, yeah. It was a good kind of like ease into the situation. It was still super gnarly, but um, the surface was definitely a different ball game. Well, what did you find more challenging? Was it the was it the Europa Cup or the actual event? Um, more challenging would I'd say the Europa Cup, just never being on a hill like that. I mean. Tanner can attest to that. Like it was definitely a different uh, level of ski racing than we've ever seen, so it was kind of hard to kick out a start gate for that. Uh-huh. What do you mean, like, different level of ski racing? Uh, well, for one, a- according to some of the Europa Cup coaches, it was the bumpiest year on record. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so Pete P was saying it's the bumpiest year, and we're like, come on, not it, it actually isn't. And then the World Cup guy showed up, and they're like, this is the bumpiest year we've ever skied it. So that made us feel a little better. Was the surface was the surface as, as well manicured as it was for the World Cup, or was it? Or I mean, if you can well, even argue that it was to begin with, because they just the snowfall just looked like it made it a real dicey deal. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like they're playing like a they're like having a contest who can make the surface the gnarliest over in Europe right now. Oh, yeah. And some of the guys are kind of pissed off. I think even some of the Austrians are. I feel like this is it. this is like a level of philosophy. This is like a philosophical conversation that fluctuates every year. Like some people, you know, fluctuate to one camp while others flock to another, and then the next year they switch sides. It kind of reminds me of like our, uh, you know, our Senate. But anyway, that's, let's not get <laughs> let's just not go there. Well, I think that uh, the Austrian number one, like Max Rons, broke his heel without even crashing. I think yeah. that started to raise some issues. You know, it seems like whenever an Austrian gets hurt, especially on number one questions start getting raised as to if it's too gnarly or not right and there was that one year where uh Spindal hurt his his leg that wasn't too long ago what two or three years yeah, ago just a couple well years. and Hannes same mm-hmm. thing and then they yeah. canceled the race right after that yeah right exactly yeah yeah so um I think it speaks a lot if someone breaks a bone without crashing yeah it seems like it might be crossing a line at some yeah, point a, a, kid, a Canadian kid broke his heel in the Europe Cup yeah Cam yeah. Alexander turning. broke his heel turning turning yeah, yeah. just hit a hole and yeah, I mean, I know that the trends have changed from, like, I don't know, I want to say, like, I think it's been a solid, like, three or four years since we've got, we've, maybe-ish, since we've gotten away from that, like, massive and overly injected ice rink, and now we're just starting to do the till and water, so it still holds up, but it's a little more grippy, a little bit easier on the body, but even still, like, those conditions over there this year would argue otherwise. Yeah, it just seems like they're opening like the faucet and just unloading water. I don't, I don't know. 
what do you think? Do you think that the race crews and the and the race organizers are, are just like a, like mildly insecure with the surface, and so they like hammer down a little bit? Or well, talking to some of the World Cup guys, it, it seems like it's a competition. Like coming from Bormio, they said it was the bumpiest they've ever skied it. Yeah. So they're like the like hill preppers are competing to make the gnarliest course. It seems like I don't know. Theory. But 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 there is a, there is a there are guys in the World Cup who would argue that that. that would, that would support what you just said there. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying exactly what they were saying when they showed up in Kitzbühel. Uh, don't shoot me, man. I'm just a messenger. <laughs> okay, so anyway, before we get dorked out on uh, any further on this surface conversation, which is probably one of like the top three dorkiest skiing <laughs> racing holes you can go down. Yet I'm I'm entirely fascinated and entertained by it. Um, I don't know if our, our, our viewers... Well, we'll just save that for a whole episode. Um, but the real reason why I've wanted to get you guys on this for so long... Well, first of all, you guys are pretty awesome. So I, and I imagine you'd be... Hopefully we see some color here. I don't need to build up expectation ahead of time. But, uh, you know, you, we were very fortunate at Sun Valley Ski Ed to have you guys join us for our Mam- Spring Mammoth Fundamentals Camp for the last couple of years. And I was massively impressed by a presentation that you were challenged to come up with to present to the kids. And I remember like the day before you got, you guys were both kind of sitting at lunch going, I don't know what we're going to talk about. And then all of a sudden we sat down the next night and it was dynamite and the subject, like it just, I just felt like, you know, I, you know, you watch a lot of guys talk, athletes talk to uh, younger athletes and have these conversations. But I felt like what you guys were talking about, was so earnest and believable and it felt like it came from some of your own perspectives that clearly have you guys have felt and that's probably why it came across so well like as coaches as athletes I think the reason why as coaches we were so fired up on it was because um we just saw how it connected and you know very I mean as often as I go to camps and hear people talk and you know, I'm around a lot of it. This this particular subject just blew me away and how you guys brought it to the table. And I'm just going to spill the beans here uh, because everybody who's listening to this is probably just thinking, all right, already. Uh, <laughs> complacency as an athlete. And I think it, it, this is one of those things that just sits out in front of you as a topic as a, for coaches. I mean, the athlete, as an athlete, you probably don't even realize you're being complacent half the time. But I think as coaches, we sit there and know that it's a problem. But I haven't heard me or anybody else around me or any of that, for that matter, discuss this idea. And how you guys presented it was terrific. And I don't know if we're going to recreate that, but here, nonetheless, again, there we go, setting up expectation again. But um, let's start like with your perspective on this. Um. I think it started, uh, Tara and I talked about this a lot, um, and it kind of started for me when I went to college. I like looked back at everything and how I got to where I was and why I was going to college and kind of th- why things didn't work out how I dreamed them to work out. And let's just, let's just be clear. Not like, like We're talking like I know you guys pretty darn well, and it's been, it's been over 10 years, um, but you guys were both on the D team, the C team. Were you guys higher than the C team ever? Nope. But you guys were, were you national team members for a number like four, four three, five, four or five yeah. years. 
university. You were you made the university team. You were you were on the university team. Nope. But then you guys went and got college scholarships and and did very very had a very successful. Each of you had very successful college careers. Still doing it with Groundswell now. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so you're in college now, and this is like what three years ago. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is this when you guys started talking about it? Like this is this idea or? Well, we were first like. It was like, why didn't it work out? You know, we were on we were on the right track. We were both skiing fast, having fun. Like, kind of seemed like we had the world by the balls, for lack of a better expression. You just took the words right out of my mouth. You know, right yeah, head. you know, we were living in Europe. We were 18, um, flying around in Audis, having fun. Um, and we just kind of, yeah, complacency comes to mind. Like, we thought we were on the right track. We, you know, kind of trusted everyone around us trusted ourselves that this is what it was like and this is how we were doing it and so how everyone else did it and it was going to work for us and then it started to kind of not work for us and um things kind of fell apart and our, our castle kind of came down if that makes sense and when we got to college we talked about kind of things that happened and it kind of all boiled down to we kind of got complacent with our programs with our um, race schedules you know it just we didn't question anything we didn't um, adapt to anything. We just kept doing what we thought worked and we didn't look further. Yeah. And I also think like complacent, that was an effort to put like the blame on ourselves rather than like point fingers and shit like that. Like what, what did we do wrong? And I think that's the best word to d describe it. Like just, yes. Yeah, and I think we also talked about actually today, like complacent has like kind of two different phases. And one is, where you think you've got it all figured out and the other which has also happened to me is where you 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 think you can't get any better or you're like i've reached my max yeah. so you're like why why keep trying because like i i can't get better and i've had both types yeah so yeah that was something we talked about a lot was there was there a, a mindset before you got to this moment where you were like where you put it on yourselves was there like a mindset mo or uh, before where you were pointing fingers and going, well, this oh, didn't work out. Absolutely. This, yeah. I think everyone. Yeah, it's a huge part of ski racing. There's yeah. so many moving parts. It's so easy to say you got, you know, bad luck or, you know, your boots are set up wrong or, you know, things like that. There's ways to put it on others. And to an extent, that's actually a good thing to have because it keeps your confidence up to a, a point. Yeah. But it also creates it so you don't make the changes that you need to make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say. So then... Uh, Tell you the truth, there's something that just came to mind. I remember, like, uh, Truth in Motion was with uh, Jake Zemanski. Actually, a lot of his conversation was was actually spot on with this. But this isn't about him. This is about you. And so, what kind of things when 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 you when when you guys were kind of putting together this presentation, when you stopped kind of going, or some of the you, you know you just spoke about it right here now with this like these realizations of different phases of it. But what are some of the things that you guys, you know, presented in, in, in your argument or with your presentation to the, the athletes that kind of broadened the subject or kind of were made it presentable for a younger audience? Um, I think it was easy as athletes because we're still racing, you know, to relate to the athletes. I don't know if we necessarily needed to kind of like bring it down to a younger athlete's level because we just wanted to we wanted to talk about something that it's hard for coaches to talk about, you know, if a coach sees an athlete get complacent, you, you pretty much tell their athlete that they're being lazy and then the athlete gets offended. 
And then and, you get a call from the parents. And then you get a call from the parents. <laughs> um, so we kind of wanted to talk about, you know, we didn't want, we wanted to help them avoid mistakes that we've made. Um, and if it hit home with them, then it hit home with them. But Yeah, well, I, th- I think in order to make the presentation, we kind of just spent a lot of time talking about our own careers mm-hmm. and where they went wrong or where they went right either way. But um, we both kind of like came to the same conclusion like when things are going really well, you're like, I've got it figured out. Like there's nothing that can stop me now, but with ski racing and I'm sure other sports like individual sports, especially like you just always have to continue adapting and like manipulating things and continue. I just like uh, you're morphing all the time. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know. It just seems like when things are going well, it's really easy to be like, just riding the wave and not thinking into the future, which is kind of how we defined complacency in the end, I think. Yeah, right. That makes sense. Like not in, instead of going, I got it figured out. And now like, you know, I think one thing that kind of comes up in these coaching symposiums or how like the coaching mindset works, where if you, if you think you've got it figured out that now is, now is your chance to learn more. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. okay, you just got what you know figured out. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more. So now you're ready. To, I mean, I look at it as now I'm ready to tackle something else. Yeah. Or inside the realm. Like, what's the what's another nuance that I'm not thinking about yet? But what you guys are saying is that, like, that one feeling in your skiing or those two things that you think that, that one feel that other, another, another feeling or two feelings that you feel, that's that's it. That's that's what you got. Meanwhile, that feeling needs to actually evolve. Yeah, and also it can disappear in like 24 hours. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, totally. I mean, you, you just like try a new boot or the company takes your skis back and gives them to somebody else yeah. or something. Like, right? Like, that's why I feel like uh, the equipment is so such an important piece. Not to have just the best, but to have consistency in it. And, right? I mean. Yeah. But also, I think it's important to note, like, you don't want to necessarily move too fast. You know, it's easy to get, think you have one thing figured out. Right. And then you just move on, and then you forget that one thing, like Tanner just said, it can yeah. be gone in 24 hours. Like, you still got to stick with what you know. Right. But there's other aspects of the sport you can work on. You know, you can work on your diet. You can work on your fitness. Like, like complacency being <laughs> progressing. You can progress in the sport in so many ways that it's easy to focus on one thing at a time in different aspects of the sport. And still yep. be moving forward with your career. Right. You know, I, like personally, I, I worked really, really hard on my fitness one summer and then I got back to skiing and I was all fired up cause I thought I was stronger and like, but I expected to just be faster. I just had this expectation. I was just going to be faster cause I was stronger, Yeah. but I wasn't any faster and everyone around me got faster and blew by me and I was like, well, what the heck? I worked out so hard. Yeah. But like, that's just one aspect. Right. You know, I still needed to work on my skiing to stay fast, but I still had, and then I had more tools to use with the new technique. You know, it's like, it's a big puzzle that you have to put together and continuing to put pieces in that puzzle all across the puzzle, not just in one spot. Yeah. I mean, I think of it as uh like, you know, it's, it's like a, like a, like a chili or a stew or something like that. It's, this is, it's the same hole, but you're just adding ingredients or taking away like, you know, when you talk about improving on just one movement in your skiing, it's not like that's an isolated movement. Everything is help, happening synonymously. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, sure. So what, okay, so when, so you guys, 
once you started to make this realization and, and, and kind of, you know, it sounds like you're just massively honest with yourselves. We you came to that point. What was the next, what, what were the, what was the next conclusion? And then what followed that? I would say, I, I don't know if I can speak on Tanner's behalf, but I almost like went, started from scratch and looked at everything I did well, everything I did poorly, like my first year in college, uh-huh. you know, all my strengths, all my weaknesses, um, and try to kind of break down where I needed to work on stuff, what I needed to like see as my strength and, you know, recognize that and be cognitive of that. Yeah. Um, but also like figure out what my weaknesses are and how I can make those better and how I can move forward in my career and that. And college really helped me like take a step back and kind of have time to step back. Cause I knew I had two years of eligibility. I had a scholarship, like I had time to kind of think about it. And if it didn't work right away, it was okay. You know, it's hard to do that when you're on the team because you have, you know, six months to make criteria again. You can't take a step back because if right. you take a step back, you're going to be slow and you'll be off the team. Right. So it was easy. I don't know if Tanner has the same thing, but it was easy to like take a deep breath, look at everything and then kind of like rebuild it. You know, I like rebuilt my boots. I tuned my skis differently. I tested everything. I um, changed workout programs. I talked to all sorts of physios to work on my back. I pretty much just tried to rebuild my skiing from the ground up. And, um, I kind of went from there. Yeah. Well, I think I'd adding on that, like going to college besides just like having this moment to step back is just, this is a whole different subject, but having like the distractions you, you get in college and yeah. like gaining, uh, like maturing in college in outside of skiing, like in your life that helped, that helped me a lot. Like both Sam and I, our first years in college was probably I mean, our best year to date then, at least on the NORAM circuit, like, end result-wise. And mm. that wasn't just because we were taking a step back. Well, maybe it was because we were taking a step back, but it was also because of the distractions and maturing and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, I think, I mean, I think the college environment is fantastic for a lot of athletes, especially if you're, especially if you're a little bit of a mental, like, kind of head case because yeah. you, you really don't have the time to dwell on stuff. It's not like skiing is the only piece of your life. And I feel like it really t- hones in on the idea of you got to clock in, yeah. figure it out, and then because you got to clock out after like six or eight runs, and you got to go back to, you know, studying medieval uh, democracy in you know <laughs> exactly. And I feel like I saw that skill Europe now. or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, like I feel like I can still use that skill now, and which is hugely useful to, for me. Like I used to not sleep if I had a bad race, and I even thinking about everything I did wrong and everything I needed yeah. to do better. And then the next day, it's worse. Right. You know, it's like the slippery slope. Now I feel like it's easy to clock, easier to clock in and out. You know. Yeah, and it's way different than high school. High school is not the same deal as that. No. Um, yeah, it's also encouraging to have, like, you're furthering your life in other areas besides athletics. Yeah. Which is awesome, and I think, I don't know. You just look at a lot of the guys on the U.S. team that have gone to college in the last couple of years. Like Drew Duffy is having his best year by a long shot in tech, at least. Yeah. Um, Eric Arvidsson just was on the podium today in slalom, yeah. and he was winning Super G's two years ago. He's a world junior uh, downhill, downhill champion. champion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, you really see it with the Norwegians and stuff who come from the Europa Cup team, and they just come to college, take a step back, and are just absolutely crushing. Yeah, yeah. You, like, there's, some, there's something about it that you just like probably not wound as tight because you. And it probably doesn't even, and it hardly even occurs to you because you're just so focused on trying to, you know, kick ass in all aspects of your life, right? So did, let me ask you this though. I feel like, um, 
Was there, like, when you guys kind of did this self-assessment after this come to Jesus moment, (laughs) let's call it the come to Jesus moment. Well, I'd also like to add first that, like, by you guys asking us to do that, was like a a kind of a come to Jesus moment, I think, because we... It filled in a lot of blanks. Yeah. Because we spent several hours talking about it. So would you say that, it, that that the whole exercise was pretty pretty helpful yeah. towards what you're doing right now? Yeah, Absolutely. I think if people just do it by the like create a presentation by themselves, like fill in the blanks, yeah, as if they're going to present to someone, right? Could be useful. It, it could be very well be useful. It could be presented to their parents to help support <laughs> them for another year of ski racing there you go. or <laughs> some kind of sponsor. You know, absolutely. Uh, I think you know, and, and that's the other thing too. I think when people realize you're so thoughtful about what it is that you're doing they, it's you know it humanizes what's occurring and kind of if anything would probably help people buy into what you're doing provided you kind of speak to it i mean you know i, I think there's no there's no room to put yourself down but it is important to understand to communicate your reflection and growth you know um but but something kind of comes to my mind and i just kind of think like when you when you when you kind of started to you know when you 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 pull back you have this you have this you have this come to jesus moment and all of a sudden you're kind of like i mean i just imagine you know this kind of stunned moment and then you like you probably have this period of time where you're just like you know grinding through the process and of just getting comfortable with the idea versus maybe feeling overwhelmed or, 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 or disconnected or yeah, like regret or sad or whatever, whatever kind of, you know, like, man, you know, feeling disheartened about yourself, you know? Um, do you guys find out that you just found another level or, or, or discovered that this, this whole silly sport was so much deeper of a love or like, was there some sort of like realization of like, holy crap, am I passionate about this? totally this is this is like i I knew it was a part of my identity but now it's like this is my identity or i don't know like i'd say for me i i think the reason we're sitting in this room and still ski racing is i I had a lot of regret towards my career after this like thought process happened and it happened over a long period of time like figuring it all out but the amount of regret i had just things that i did wrong and felt dumb for not seeing you know and things i didn't question and things i didn't you know have the guts to speak up about, you know, things like that. So doing this year, like a post-grad, grad year, yeah. <laughs> um, kind of came fueled from regret, but it also showed like how much kind of love I had for the sport, like that we have for the sport. Yeah. But, um, it kind of like fueled the fire more, I guess, if that makes sense. Because the fire was definitely going out. Yeah, but yeah. it's also been like way more fun, like taking control of the whole, of the whole process, like traveling, dealing with all the, just dealing with all the logistics, you show up, like, for example, when we showed up in Chile at the races, it's like, we're spending a lot of money to be here, we're dealing with all the logistics, all that stuff, so you're just like, I should, like, wake up and perform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you're not just, like, kind of on autopilot compared to when someone's doing it all for you. Right, right, like, you know, uh, well, and then, you know, geez, talk about those moments of blame, yeah, because you, I mean, now you're empowered by, you're in control of it all. Yeah. You know, this is your destiny now. I think that's that's one of the coolest parts about about all of it, sure. too. Like you guys probably, um, do you guys deal with Cody Marshall a lot with designing your training plans, or are you guys pretty 
straight ahead? Like, do you like? Do you mean, is, or is it a group discussion, or is this something that you guys are like? How in control of this are we? I'd say it's a group discussion. I mean, we yeah. we talk about it, and then, um, but like, we organize all like the lodging and things like that. But we talk sure. about what we want to train ideally, and then you know, plan A, plan B. Uh-huh. It, well, it's a total group discussion, but in the end, we have like the ex- executive decision. Yeah. But Cody's like an incredible coach. Yeah. So it's always great to have him everywhere. Yeah. One of the things I do appreciate about him and I, and I noticed it, it took me a while to kind of, uh, realize that maybe because it, this is something that's, that I've, I've developed to myself and now I can see it in him, but, but having that discussion, mm-hmm. not telling yeah. you how it's going to be like talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, he does a good job. Like if he wants to make a change in our skiing, he helps us come to that conclusion, if that makes sense. So it's more yeah. our idea, which I think is, is huge. You know, when you're coaching maybe younger kids, it's easier to, you know, be like, get your hands up. Yeah, but, you sure. know, it's like, yeah, you say, if you say, if you were to say, get your hands up to Cody, he'd be like, what, is, like, what does that even mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where are your, like, where are your hands? Where are they going? Why are you doing it? Yeah. What will that result in? How will it make you faster? You know, you have a full conversation that leads to like usually something deeper than get your hands up. But. It's like the Socratic method. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 right. but it's true. I think the strength of it is, especially when you're talking about high level athletes who've already been through the grind and back. You know, you guys have your own ideas. You have like a thought of, you know, despite what anybody says or how good of a coach they are. You know, you have your own ideas, your thoughts of like, this is what I'm looking for right now, and this is where it needs to be. And, you know, you mu- you might be off on that, but you're but because you're so sure of yourself, you go down that road anyway. Right. You and have to believe in what you're working in. Absolutely, yeah, right, exactly. You gotta you gotta believe that this is the right thing to do. So in, in a way, it's smart to have that conversation in that regard because it because of what you said, and then it becomes your own idea. Exactly. Yeah. Like if a coach now like tells me something, just like do this. Right. You know, and I ask why and they can't give me a reason. Just, I won't ever do it. <laughs> well, I'm going to try it. Yeah, no, that sounds silly. That sounds silly to me too. <laughs> well, yeah. that's what also has been nice about the groundswell team so far is like, like on the US ski team or, or the college team, there's 10 other athletes or whatever. And you don't necessarily have even the time to like sit down and have these conversations when it's just the three of us. Yeah. We can sit around the dinner table and like figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're always in a team meeting. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's been really good for us. Was when you guys were as college athletes, did you feel like you had those same discussions with the college coaches, or did you feel like did you feel like that there was this op- open ended deal with it, or was it that that pretty straight ahead with them? Like this is how it's going to be, and you just deal with it. College is a lot different than like your standard, you know, and like academy coaches or club coaches. It was definitely you more have that conversation with other athletes. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have you're surrounded by really good skiers, so it's easy to kind of have that conversation. Like honestly, Tanner and I could have conversations about our skiing. Yeah. And kind of come to a lot of the same conclusions. Um, and college is more like a cohesive team uh, than the U.S. team or anything like that. So you really support each other because your your season kind of rides on other athletes' shoulders as well. Yeah. Sure. So that, I'd say it's a little different in that sense. Like college does that, does that more... because you're depending on each other, do you think that's what sparks yeah. more more of that interaction? Yeah, yeah. I had never really like talked to other athletes about you know their skiing until I went to college and then realized that like if we we're going to win NCAAs, 
and I maybe have an opinion that could possibly help another athlete, like I'd speak up because it might, there's a chance it could help us. But on the U S team, you're like, well, I got a race against this guy. He's my friend. Yeah. But one, you'd probably insult him by telling him to work on something. And two, sure. it's like, or they take it as an insult. Yeah. 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 It's kind of a weird, different team, team friction. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, is it just though, or is it, is this, is that something that you think should change? I think it is changing. I think it is changing. I, I, I like just being on the speed team, like Nyman, um, like sat down with Bryce and talked about Bryce's run and gets people with him and yeah. like, you know, kind of gave him tips and things like that. And I think it really helped Bryce. And I think Bryce, I think it shows in Bryce's results this year, kind of having a leader like that. Yeah. Willing to share secrets, you know, then there's other guys that aren't willing to share secrets. Like I don't think Hersher shares a lot of secrets with the Austrian teams. Yeah. Um, so I think it's kind of, and, the, and if you look at the whole speed team as a whole, is doing better than any other team in the U.S. program. And I think that's kind of one of the main factors. Yeah, I mean, the women have had their had, had, had the same successes, but, they're, but they've evolved since then. I mean, people yeah, are retired. Yeah. People are, are the right. injuries seem to be a problem. But I think they had the same dynamic when they were yeah. really thriving. You know, a similar dynamic where they were feeding off each other, yeah. helping each other, yeah. sharing equipment, sharing, you know, secrets of boots, wax, you know, everything like that, line. Yeah, well, I know, I know Alice and Loren and stuff were totally open with Breezy and yeah. um, Jackie, and those girls really improved quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah look sure. at their, yeah, their growth, exponential growth. It's much higher when you have someone that's a little higher level or more of a veteran. It's, al- it's almost better when there's not like a superstar and it's just a group <laughs> of like people mid-pack because yeah. they're all trying to figure it out still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. I'm not gonna argue that it's better. Uh, I think, <laughs> like for depth, for the sake of depth, I guess. Yeah, but you know, in a lot of ways, that was that's kind of what was going on with the men's slalom team the last couple of years. And now look at where we're at. You know, what I mean, yeah, they, they needed. I think they needed a coach that a little bit more like Cody that was gonna have, provoke these conversations because you know there was some times where I'd have conversation with those guys and they were you know it was they they. I'm not saying I'm not saying they were at all wrong, but you know this they had an idea in their head, and this is where it should go because because of the same reason, and I just wonder if if, if it had enough guidance to go with it, yeah, you know sure. because right, I mean it's easy to pick on because look at where we're at, but still like you know I, one thing that i I kind of noticed that um and now we've shifted from complacency to uh leadership. <laughs> which uh okay hand in hand, hand in hand yeah i i i think that's uh i think this this is this is why this show has is is what it is uh <laughs> but you know i'm I'm sitting there i'm at vangan this year and i'm looking at benny ritchie on his own and i just felt like this poor guy has had the dreams of being a world cup athlete skiing in a world cup race he's in his first one in 18 which is great but he's all by himself. I mean, like, you know, Forrest was there. He had a couple of coaches that were on hill. But, you know, the, the expectations were all clearly based on experience and just trying to use this as a growth opportunity versus, what, like, let's let's go for it or let's try to let's try to do something here, which is fine. You know, I think that's I think what they're, they're cultivating a new group and that's just part of the path in some regard. But like. There's no, there was no Chidunsky. You know, I think, I think AJ is a great guy to have around. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, 
you know, I really hope for more for out of, out of him in the future because I think he's capable of it. But still, like, you know, there's just, there's just <laughs> like, you know, there's, and, and then what leads me to believe, you know, we might look at all of our, our, our national skiers as individuals, but I mean, make no mistake. I mean, you know, you don't get there on your own. It takes everybody around you kicking ass to, for just one person to do it. And like Nyman is a big piece of that. And I think one of the things that he, he mentioned to me at the end of last season was, you know, these, the younger guys in the team have got to start realizing they're not, they're not the younger guys on the team anymore. You know, they got to start stepping into these really leadership roles. I mean, Nyman, you know, he could be the Tom, you know, Tom Brady at ski racing and keep going until, 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 you know, he really honestly can look in the mirror and say, I don't think I could win Kitzbühel. But I think as long as he thinks that, he's going to keep going for it. And those guys are lucky for it. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. It sounds like he wants to keep going. Yeah, which I think is great. I mean, and I think, you know, you know, the day he decides to hang it up, that's the first day you go, what, what are, what's it going to take to get you to stay on the road with us? Because because of what he that value he he adds to everybody around him. Well, I think that's also why they keep like Marco traveling around with them too. You know, he was with them all the beginning of the season, kind of the same mm-hmm. leadership type role with the experience. Yeah. Um, and I think Travis is stepping into that position as well. You know, uh, you do his yeah. knee, his his knee was a big setback for him. I know he had to like take time to figure his own thing out. And I think he's doing a great job with that. So, um, but I think it's like a whole cohesive unit, you know, Nyman's a big part of it, but they also have, you know, Jono and Scotty and like all those guys, it creates yeah. this whole dynamic that like uplifts everybody, um, to a higher level. Well, in that case, I would argue, <laughs> I would argue Scott, maybe Scotty's the, the, the piece in the, the puzzle. The that, piece. I mean, that, that, there is not a single person on the planet who is more positive than that dude. For sure. For you sure. Know? And that is everything when you're talking about, you know, yeah, middle of January, and you're like, I was <laughs> the dark you know, grind. Yeah, you're like yeah, 28th yeah. in downhill training again, and you know it's just training, and you're going for it. Like, oh, how do I get out of this? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I think Bryce will be a big piece of that puzzle too because he is so open. He'll he'll talk to anyone about skiing. Like, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. He'll sit down and talk to you about turning or whatever you want to talk about. So he'll. I mean, we'll see what Nyman does, but Bryce will fill that position easily. I agree, and I think I think we're watching him him grow into that right now. Yeah, you sure. Know, those those of us that are paying attention to it. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's definitely got to be a level of empowerment that's occurring right now. Oh yeah. But what about you guys? What's 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 the goal here? What's what's, what's our need, immediate tangibles that we're looking for right now? Um, I would say, like we we, we talked a lot. We were both gonna kind of hang him up at the end of the year. Um, at the end of our college year, I I really struggled. I think we both actually really struggled with the ski change. We were pretty fast on 35s, and then the skis changed, and a lot of slalom skiers kind of blew by us, and we were like, yeah. oh, what what the hell, this sucks. Um, but then kind of the, the thought of regret I had from a couple of years of not quite doing my all and decided to do more, and I think we kind of saw a window of opportunity um, on the speed side. We were mm-hmm. both speed skiers before, and then we kind of went to tech for – college and pretty burnt out of slalom so we were kind of looking at the speed and if you really look at it there's not a whole lot in line behind um i mean sam morse this is the only really young gun coming through and if you look at speed results like in kitzbühel i was the you know fourth third or fourth youngest guy to score points you know it's like it's an old it's an old man's game and we thought we had a lot more in the tank so we kind of looked at who was coming up and we thought we could. There's a window opportunity that we could kind of slide in there and maybe hop in that American downhiller crew that 
kind of want to be a part of. And um, so I guess the end goal is World Cup speed, and the route is definitely Norams. We're lucky to be, you know, American, so we have that that route. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a lot easier than the Europa Cup route. Yeah. Um, and I think we kind of have the opportunity to slide into that role and kind of fill the time gap between the young guns and the the old do- salty dogs that are at the top. Yeah, <laughs> the old salty dogs. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, we're both lucky to have been relatively injury-free and we're both, yeah, looking healthy moving forward. And, um, I mean, we were both on the Europa Cup circuit four years ago and then we came back for the first time this year and it was, like, literally all the exact same names. Like, Daniel Denkelmeyer, uh, Nils Manny, mm-hmm. like, all the Ital- It was all the same Italians. And these guys have just been grinding it on the Europa Cup Tour, and they're all our age. Yeah. So, I mean, we're definitely not too old to make it yeah. happen. And they're not any faster than us. Donkelmeyer, um, Donkelmeyer had a great series in Europa Cups, but, like, we were right behind Nils Manny. We were right with, like, Henry Badalani, like, guys that we raced in and were right with before we kind of got ago, off the Europa yeah. Tour. So it's kind of funny, like, speed's a slow progression. And I actually don't think we lost that much going to college for two years. I think but, we gained because we got to spend time skiing the GS. We should have been skiing earlier. For sure. Like, we're better skiers. We're stronger. And I think that we're very similar skiers. And I think I, I don't know, maybe this is cocky, but <laughs> yeah, I thought that I, I kind of proved that we're better in kind of the gnarlier stuff going in the Europa Cup, uh, Kitzbühel, and then doing well in the World Cup, like our style of skiing is promoted more by like the world cup level tracks than it is at the copper mountains of the Noram tour. Um, so I think we're kind of like more fit for the higher level. That makes sense. And we just got to figure out how to get there. Well, you guys got me, uh, uh supporting you all the way on this. You <laughs> know, I, I love, uh, I love following you guys all along to begin with. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, this 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 path of maturity and and at the same time continuing to believe using that to help yourselves believe in each other more and more is definitely going to get you there but uh you know hey good luck to you guys <laughs> thanks thank you thank you very much for uh being a part of this and taking the time to to put some of these things into words and record it yeah uh, i can't appreciate it yeah You've been listening to Peace Talk, the Ski Racers podcast brought to you by Fantasy Ski Racer, Technica, and Blizzard. Please check your updates soon as more episodes for the fourth season will be coming out soon. Thanks again.